Good morning. Can you hear me? Praise the Lord. So I'm Kenny Gracier. I do announcements sometimes, and I like to sing songs. I'm not going to sing a song yet, but I might. Um, right? There's something about music that helps you to, I don't know, relate to things. You guys can calm down. Uh, you look really nervous. Uh, okay, so today we will be in the book of Colossians, but before we get there, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my life these last couple weeks, really these last six months, really these last 10 years. Uh, starting out, though, my wife and I and all 27 of our children, we uh, live down in Harrisonville as of last October, and it's been wonderful. A lot of you came down and helped us do some work, and it was great because now it looks way better than it did before, and looks are everything. Just kidding. Um, but that was a super great blessing to have you guys down there. We uh, have been fighting some mold, as some of you know. Uh, praise the Lord. It seems to be at bay. Uh, but then also, some of you know my little guy, Elsie. He's four years old. He broke his arm Wednesday which was just like three or four days after he fell out of the hayloft onto his face and might've broke his nose last Sunday, uh, which is all following back in January when he broke his other arm. So anyway, he's doing well. He acts like nothing is wrong, uh, except that he's got this annoying cast on. On top of all that, we uh, have two vehicles because we have 27 kids. My truck, last Sunday decided it wasn't going to start because somebody pounded a hole in the battery because the battery terminals weren't working correctly a couple months ago and don't hit your batteries. Lesson learned. Uh, praise the Lord. We got that truck fixed. Then uh, the Suburban two weeks ago decided that the intake manifold gasket, which a lot of you I'm sure have changed recently. Probably not. I'll see you after class. Um, that's been my uh, task when I wasn't working in Manhattan, Kansas, or Topeka, Kansas, all this last week. So things are good with us. Things are going great. Uh, things are real easy. And uh, oh, Brittany's eight and a half months pregnant too with our 28th child. Um, I'm saying all this to say in Colossians, God has been revealing to me how my partaking meter might not be uh, as full or is too full. And I hope that that can challenge you guys as well as we break this apart. So if you would please turn with me to Colossians 1 and have in your other hand Ephesians 1 because those are going to go together as, as we will find out. Uh, disclaimer. This thing is called a PowerPoint, and I have no idea how to do one, and it is completely out of order, uh, and this will be relative to the message, because when you submit to your leadership and they ask you to do preach night, um, you should do that, because they're your leaders, and God has them in your life for a reason. Uh, let's read. That was a disclaimer that this might not make sense to what I'm saying in that order, Grace, please. Starting in verse 9, Colossians 1. Pause. Because I learned at the preach night last week when I went, 
you're supposed to give context so that everybody knows where you're at and what's going on instead of jumping in in the middle of a chapter. So the book of Colossians is a letter written by Paul the Apostle to the church at Colossae. He wrote it from Rome, and it was Tychicus and Onesimus, I believe, who actually penned it, maybe. Um, either way, Paul was writing to these guys because he had heard some things. He had heard about their love for one another and the love for the brethren and about their faithfulness. And those are great things to hear about people that you've been ministering to or had ministered to in the past. So let's keep that in mind. As we read verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Pause. You guys remember Van, right? Van's need interaction is good because Van would go, you guys are talking to me. That's great. It's so true because when you stand here and you're trying to deliver this thing God gave you and you haven't really done that before and you don't want to mess it up because God really spoke to your heart. And then Kenny Morgan's looking at you back there, just like Kenny Morgan. You kind of want to pee your pants a little. When you react and talk back to me, that's really helpful because God has a word for all of us. Amen. And he's just going to use this goofball to vocalize it. So in verse nine, we are able to, yeah, that one. We are able to draw out that we have these faithful men over us. Like I mentioned, when your leader says, Hey, you need to do that thing. And you're like, I don't want to do that thing. That's scary. And I don't remember high school very well, which is where you learn a lot of these basic things. Um, but it's good to submit to that. This is just repeating what Dell has told us many times before. Any of the other leaders have also said very gently, you know, they don't demand that you will submit to me because obviously that's not going to turn out well. Uh, we have these faithful men that are rooting for you, and there's a screen over here that I can see without turning around, which is good. We have faithful men over us. Dell, we have James, we have Chris Miller, we have Sam, we have Chris Best, we have all these pastors and all your Bible study leaders who are there for you. God put them in your lives to be leaders over you, and we ought to submit to that, uh, knowing that they are praying for us and that they desire for us to be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Okay, if we will turn now, like I said, to Ephesians. Sorry, I don't have it on this PowerPoint. Again, I'm not very good at that, but we will get better at it. So it's not on there. Don't worry about it. Just hang tight. Ephesians 1, 15 through 19, really. Well, 15 through 16 to start. I will read, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So we can see that this letter to the Ephesians, written by Paul, was kind of the same, uh, had the same heart behind it, that, man, I've heard about you guys being faithful and your love towards one another. And so I think that we're still called Faith Fellowship and that might be uh, for a reason, I think so. Uh, but there is some proof that there are these churches where Paul and Timothy and his boys were ministering to, and they're getting good reports back, and man, that's exciting. 
Okay, so let's keep that in mind. We know that that is our key point one. What I wrote down this morning as I reconfigured this thing, if you would like, the key point is that we have God's men over us, so we get the freedom to trust God to get his results. That's key point one. If I need to repeat that, I can. We have God's men over us, so we get the freedom to trust God for his results. Moving on. You can't stand in one place either. He told us that this is the wrong way to stand because it looks like you're scared and nervous. So I'll try not to do that because there's a battle going on. Uh, we will move on to verse 10 through 12. If you go back, I nope, then go forward. There, that one. So, yeah, whatever. This is a thing I'm not going to talk about anymore because it's kind of frustrating, but... The word of God is not. Uh, this is really where God was hammering down on my heart. He was, uh, you know, the, the title of this message being, how full is your partaking meter? This is where I was seeing, okay, God, uh, you, you have us in the situation that we're in. You have us in a new location. You have our vehicles doing what they're doing. <clears throat> And uh, what is this all about? You know, everything that we go through in life, whether we provoke it ourselves or not, is a learning opportunity. And a lot of times is a good test of your faith. And if you will continue in the love and continue in the knowledge of the will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So read with me, please. Colossians 1, verse 10 through 12 that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, hmm. giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. All right. So they're praying for us always from verse nine, that we might walk worthy, that we might bear good fruit or be fruitful in every good work, and that we might increase in the knowledge of God. Uh, those three points really stood out to me as I was studying this out and made me ask questions regarding the current state of affairs. I, I mentioned just the last six months, we'll get to a little bit more um, as it ties to these points. If I'm walking worthy, and if I'm bearing fruit, God's going to get the glory out of that, right? If, if I'm doing things the way God wants me to do, like we talked about having these men praying over us, okay, they're praying for us, and so we trust that God, using these guys to direct us, then in our individual walks, he's going to steer us, and we're going to make decisions that bring him glory, right? We're all on the same page with that. If we do it God's way, we get God's results. Just reiterating that. Uh, back in Ephesians, we'll continue on from, what did we do? 15 and 16. 
17 through 19, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So that's kind of another spot, another letter to another group of people that were in the same boat as the Colossians. This is the desire of the leader for those people that they had previously ministered to or continuing, continuing to minister to, writing letters to, checking in on, you know. So all of us know, kind of, uh, the group of us here. We know each other here. We know some people over there at the main body, right? But there are plenty of other people who have gone on. There are plenty of other people who are in Boston making disciples there. There are plenty of other people in Florida, you know. So we want to be mindful of that. Not that we're necessarily their leaders, but you can see because the heart of Paul for all of the churches throughout was kind of the same, you know, while some of them may have been a little sideways sometimes, they each, it was his desire for each of them to grow closer to the Lord through these three things, walking worthy, bearing fruit, and increasing in the knowledge of him. Another reference I had was in Philippians. And I asked myself, what's the 411? Because I thought that was funny. So if we go eat popcorn, Philippians is right before Colossians 4.11. This, this verse came to mind as I was listening to God uh, check me about, you know, these three areas. And Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Okay, so going through the hardship that we go through every day, you know, this week being maybe a little bit harder than other weeks, remembering, oh yeah, there's that contentment thing that definitely is not natural. But the Bible tells me, based on many other scriptures, but this one in particular, that if I can choose to be content, just like I'm telling my kids, Daddy, but I want to have bubble gum, but I want to have soda, but I want that and that and that. Yeah, or you can choose to be content and know that you're going to be okay with or without that thing. And the sooner you realize that being content with whatever you have, the better off you're going to be instead of being a whiner. We don't want to be whiners. So let's choose contentment, even though it's not always the easiest thing. Now, I mentioned or kind of went over the last week and then the last six months dealing with the new house. And then I said it goes back about 10 years. I got saved 2012. We got married in 2010. And even farther back, I would have told you, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a good guy. I'm going to heaven. You know, my parents even, you sure? And then my brother, he got saved when he was 16. So this was even farther back, you know, and then he's like, do you know? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna go over here with these guys and do this thing that I know isn't the right thing. But if nobody sees me, then 
Okay, so fast forward a little. I know that was kind of a weird timeline. It wasn't really a line. It was like a line time curve. But anyway, part of my story goes that at one point in our marriage, early on, as I was walking as a lost man, not walking worthy, not bearing good fruit, and with zero knowledge of the will of God, I was doing things in a way that seemed right in my own eyes, and I was going to get those results. Uh, being is that we have mixed company, I won't be too explicit, but I want the point to be made that based on everything I've said out of Colossians so far, the story ought to be relevant. Some of you, a lot of you were here and might remember that, oh yeah, Kenny wasn't here for a while. That's because at the point of salvation, you become a new creature, right? And you start walking worthy and you start being filled with the knowledge of his will and you start bearing fruit. And then you come up with these hard weeks or these hard periods of time. And as I remember Mark Trotter preaching a message once that it took Israel a little while to get out of Egypt, not very long, right? But it took a whole lot longer for Egypt to get out of Israel. That was really true these years ago. Uh, as the saved person who faced a hardship and then went back to the world for answers to that, rather than being filled with the knowledge of his will, I got myself in a pickle. It got so bad that I was dismissed from the church. I was no longer a member. Uh, I was about to lose my family. At that point, we only had three kids, but three souls that need the Lord. Man, it was heavy. Um, but, God, but because God put these men over me, James Five, my brother, these other pastors, Dell, who were praying for me, despite myself. Uh, God's gonna get the glory out of all this. God is getting the glory out of this. I'm standing up here preaching to you guys. I get to stand up there and sing songs with Rosie. Yet, that was who I was. That was who I was choosing to be. Let's bring all that back around to say we can choose to be content, if we can focus uh, our attention on those verses 10 through 12, knowing that we are made to be partakers, knowing that God has saved us unto good works, if we remember that and we know, all right, this week sucks, exhaust or intake manifold gaskets are dumb, horses are way more efficient, yet whatsoever state I am in, I will be content. Which then brings us to the third portion of this chunk of scripture they gave me to expound on. Let me, let me circle right back. Key point two, because I didn't slow down on that. We as believers have been created to do those three things. Walk worthy, bear fruit, and increase in the knowledge of God's will. We as believers have been created to do those three things. Now, let's continue reading verse 13 
through 18. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Who's that talking about? Yeah, Jesus. Because it's all about Jesus. If we sing that hymn, we're going to sing a song. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. Man, if we can choose to be content, if we can surrender to the Lord and know that he put these men ahead of us, over us, these leaders that we get to follow, and if we will trust that as they're praying for us and as we are looking at those three points, to uh, walk worthy, bear fruit, and increase in the knowledge of his will. He's going to get all the glory. We were going to sing another song too, but uh, we can do that next time. Let's uh, cross-reference back into Ephesians so that I can be consistent. Ephesians 1, 23 through 23. It reads, and hath put all things under his feet and gave to him, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fulfilleth, that filleth all in all. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of over everything. Man. No matter how we feel no matter how hard things might be. God has put us into his body to be partakers. So you ought to ask yourself, like I ask myself, how full is my partaking meter? If I'm a believer, well, I ought to be full of his, the knowledge of his will, right? I ought to be full of his spirit, because his spirit's in me. I ought to be full of his word because his word is how I feed the spirit that is in me. Uh, we ought to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. And if you are not part of the body, why not? Jesus died to save your sins. I think most of us probably believe that. I don't know everybody's heart. So I know that might not have taken 45 minutes like Dell probably would, but I don't know that it needed to. Let's uh, pray that God would get the glory uh, by us honing in on these key points. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this body that we get to be a part of together. Thank you for the leaders you put over us. 
Thank you that we can uh, be a part of you getting the glory you deserve, that we can bear fruit. We trust you to lead us and guide us and for this to challenge us as we go our ways today. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.